dynasty. Ain't it fantasy? The sports talk radio show could turn galaxies. But in a good way, cause my dude Blake and Nicky knows what's up. Making no mistake, and they got what it takes to run this. Not only the job, but they truly love it. Join it for who? Only you, the fans, and it's only you who can help them. It's bad. This show is taking over slowly, but surely. I hope you're keeping up my wordplay. Ain't quite wordy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number eight. I kind of decided earlier in the week that that was going to be my catchphrase, so I kind of wanted to extend it out there a little bit. Yes, I have the windpipes to do that. Anyways, welcome in, everybody. Uh, I am your host, as always, always with you. Been here for every single episode and will be here till the end of time. Or until we reach a certain number of episodes that makes the show implode on itself. Who the hell knows? But I am your host, Blake Plonsky, and with me this week is our residential rotational co-host, C-Dog. Say what's up, C-Dog. How you doing, Blake? You're going to say hi to me and not the listener base? Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, how you doing? Welcome. I'm All glad right. to be back. All right. There we go. I was going to say, you don't need to say hi to me. Okay, I won't. Fuck. All right. All right. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> see, 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 C-Dog over here, he gets hostile. Hey, it's everybody. rivalry week, Blake. We'll get into that later. Oh, I was trying to avoid that as long as possible, but he literally brings it up, uh, let's see here, two minutes and 40 seconds in. That, nice job, C-Dog. Nice it's a big week we got, you know? You got to get into uh, it. Oh, trust me, I know. All right, well, I mean, you know, without further ado, without uh, going into... Actually, no. Uh, I almost almost forgot my spiel there. All right, uh, my bad. Uh, first off, uh, before we get into everything, I just wanted to throw out that our episode 7, last week's episode, was our most listened to episode ever, which I really appreciate everybody that's listening, everybody from episode 1, so whether you're a new listener or whatever, we we always appreciate you. I know that Nikki appreciates it. She couldn't be here this week. She will be here next week, as always. She just, you know, life's kind of kicking her in the teeth. And you know what? I'm not going to pressure her with this show on top of everything else. I'd rather not do that. But, I, but she wanted you guys to know that she did want to be here. So there is that. As always, want to thank... Uh, the, the fantastic band Gemini Syndrome for their song Eternity for being the theme song to Global Dynasty. Uh, well, I, I know that Nikki is personally getting into you guys, but I've loved you since day one. So great job, guys, on that song once again. And also, uh, feel free to call in. Uh, as always, we, we always accept your calls. Global Dynasty STR, all lowercase on Skype. Find us on Skype, call in, say your piece, argue with me or C-Dog over here. You know, whatever you want to do. 
As always, we also have uh, our email set up. You can email me, BlakeGlobalDynasty at gmail.com. You can also email Nikki, Nikki, which is N-I-C-C-I, GlobalDynasty at gmail.com. She's not here this week, but if you email her, she'll get to you next week, absolutely. And last but not least, as always, we got the Facebook. Just type in Global Dynasty STR also on Facebook. Should pop up right away. Toss us a like. You know, uh, talk about our uh, our picks or how bad we did. Because last week, if I, for those of you following along, I broke even, which, I mean, I'd like to do better this week. But, you know, we'll get to that. So feel free to praise us, uh, you know, burn us at the stake for our picks. Say we're stupid, you know, whatever you want to do. It's all it's all good. All right, well, without further ado, getting through the spiel, let's dive right into the news. And as, of course, the biggest one of the week that has me... Now, everybody knows that I do not wish injury upon anybody. Though, this one has me smiling just a tiny bit. And that is the injury to one... Des Bryant. Now, I'm sure that we brought this up when C-Dog hosted last, but C-Dog, you are a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. How does this injury make you feel? Uh, it makes me uh, a little worried. Got us try to stack some wins together at the beginning of the year and losing, you know, our number one offensive threat. So uh, it's going to be uh, tough. They got some teams that score a lot of points coming up, so we got to try to keep up now. Now, now, here's the thing. Now, at, at first, it was a, a four- to eight-week timetable. Now, it's reported as six to possibly as far out as 12. I remember that. So, uh, well, before I get into that, we'll just say that Des Bryant broke the uh, the uh, bone that connects the pinky toe to the foot. The bone that connects the toe to the, the pinky toe to the foot is the bro- bone that he broke. The fifth mark metatarsal. Okay, there we go. Yes, thank you very much for that. Uh, it, for those who don't know, it's the same injury that Kevin Durant had uh, last year. So there is that. Uh, um, Julio Jones actually had it a couple of years, too. Okay, a couple of years back. Okay, all right. Well, there's that, too. Thank you very much. Uh, I heard an interview this week with um, with a guy that does these type of surgeries. His name escapes me, but... He said that, you know, you know, and Dez after uh, the surgery or or actually, I believe it was the day after the game, you know, he tweets his fans and he says, oh, I'll be back sooner than expected. And that and that little message was passed along to the surgeon and the surgeon is like, well, he better not, because the fact that the fact of it is, is that that's what happened to Kevin Durant. He tried to come back too soon. And he played, got through like four games, and the bone snapped on him again. And, and and that's the thing is that you have to be careful with it. That yes, you may think that it's a minor bone in the foot, but you know, Des Bryant being a wide receiver, he's got to run on it the entire time. And just the fact that it's such a tiny bone and and so important and can cause major pain, Des Bryant's got to be careful here. I, I mean, granted. For my own purposes, I hope that he's out closer to 12. But in all seriousness, if he's not careful and if he tries to come back sooner, 
he might be gone for the entire year. So he's got to be careful in his rehab. So I think a couple things. Well, first off, yeah, the, the reports of the time frame have been all over the place, four to six. Oh, abs- absolutely. Six to eight. And then um, I really think uh, this injury is a, more of an individual, you know, basis. I like the one that Julio Jones had suffered a couple of years ago. He missed, I think, the final 11 games of the year. He wasn't able to come back. Kevin Durant, you stated, yes, he, re- I think, re- what rebroke it was hurt. But I'm trying to think. There was, I read, actually, yet last year, a different Cowboy player, Demarcus Lawrence, he broke his the same bone, fifth metatarsal in his foot during training camp, and they put him on like the injured reserve that you can, where you can bring the player back. Yeah. So that you have to be out for eight weeks. But he said that he, the foot was fine, probably two weeks before that. So it sounds like it's, you know, it's hit or miss. So, I mean, the Cowboys are opt- or they're, they're hoping that he can get back. They're hoping that they, he's a lucky case and that this foot heals sooner than later. I think a lot might deal or come down to, say, if the division is, you know, neck and neck, like if the Cowboys or the Eagles or whoever are, you know, clo- you know, no one's blowing each other out, maybe they'll try to let them rest longer. But if the Eagles start taking advantage and, you know, get a two game lead, three games lead, they might throw him in there as soon as he, as soon as they can. And if it, if not, maybe they'll hold them back a week or two more. Uh, uh, speaking of that, about kind of throwing him out there. Uh, so, so my dad was uh, over here in the global dynasty studio uh, just last night. And I was, and we were talking about Des Bryant due to the Cowboys and Eagles matchup. And he said, he said, fuck it. He said, just, just cast the, the, the pinky toe and just let him run on it. What? I mean, granted, granted, his comment was said in jest, but still. Yeah, I don't think it's an injury you can run on. Right, exactly. He's just like, he's just like, yeah, be a man. Throw a tiny cast on it and just go nuts. I think he has them in fantasies, too, so I'm sure he. that's a lot of wishful thinking. Yeah, no kidding. Um, well, speaking of fantasy, real quick before we uh, move on to our next topic here, uh, well, you have him now in fantasy from me in uh, one of our leagues that we're doing together. Man, you just you just wouldn't let it go, even in the injury thing. When you traded him to me, is that a ton of wishful thinking on your part? Um, kind of. Like, a, I maybe if he comes back sooner, it's a. An... A buy low, you know, high reward deal. So if, if I can have Calvin Johnson and Des Bryant in the final stretches trying to get in the playoffs for fantasy, I think uh, that will help out a lot. So, No, absolutely. I mean, my philosophy in that trade was, is simply that because I am also ro- rostering Kel- Kelvin Benjamin and thinking about uh, keeping him for next year. Like I was like I can't I can't roster two players that are going to be out possibly almost the entire year. I just I can't risk it because I'll admit in fantasy in that league specifically I'm weak at wide receiver. So when you when when you agreed to that deal I was like done. I I I can't risk it. Well, you traded me for mainly my tight end though, Jimmy Graham. Oh uh, yeah, true, true. 
I mean, well, come on. I mean, I'm not going to sit there with Larry Donnell and hope for the best from him after the week one dud that he put up and after what Jimmy Graham did. I was just like, you know what? I just, I, I've had enough already. Okay. I, we're, we're, we're one week in and I'm just already frustrated. Anyways. Could have right, had Calvin Johnson for Des, but uh, some people are stubborn. I. I'm, I, hey man, I'm sorry. I don't believe in Calvin. I, he needs to show me a little bit more than what he did in week one. He's going to put up more to... points than does this week. Are you that? Yeah. And then... Never, never mind. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was going to say, oh, takes a real psychic to know that one. Anyways, as we move on, uh, the next story uh, up here, we got uh, Justin Hunter was found not guilty on assault and battery charges. For those who don't for those who don't remember, a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, we reported that Justin Hunter was uh, charged with felony assault and battery on a, uh, a, a certain person. Uh, claiming that he broke the guy's jaw after he punched him twice. And this story was added in for this simple reason. That I mean, there really is nothing really more to say than he was cleared on assault and battery charges. The reason it is in here is simply this, that I am going to publicly apologize to Justin Hunter. Justin Hunter, I convicted him when I shouldn't have, and that is the exact reason why, for those of you out there who are hockey fans, why we have not touched the Patrick Kane story, because nobody knows. Because the investigation is still going on, the grand jury hasn't uh, convened yet and figured that out. I mean, that that one's going to go on for a while. And that's the exact reason why we hadn't reported on that, because I don't want to make the same mistake. I feel like I am a professional in my own right, and I I just I went over the line. And to Justin Hunter, if this ever reaches you, brother, I do apologize. If you don't forgive me for that, that's that that's totally up to you. I, I respect that, but I just wanted to personally apologize to the man. You should send him send him some flowers. All right, fair enough. I'll I'll figure out the uh, Titans headquarters address or. Something to that effect. And tell them to actually do something in a game. Well, I well, I I've already pissed him off enough with my uh, with my uh, my little accusation and conviction. So I don't want to draw his ire anymore. Well, at least one is you know, is factual, <laughs> and the other one's not. Yeah, fair fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, since we're running really quick on news stories, um, I just wanted to toss this one in there just really quick before we get to our last one. Uh, it's been reported that Todd Gurley is has been taking first-team reps. Uh, NFL coaching staff, uh, Jeff Fisher, and uh, the rest of uh, his staff there, they are tight-lipped about it, which, uh, I mean, obviously most uh, most professional organizations are. They are tight-lipped about it. They're not saying whether he's going to start. Um, likely, it's looking at uh, Trey Mason and Benny Cunningham, like a 50-50 split or a 60-40 or something, especially after the big game that Benny Cunningham came out of nowhere with uh, in week one. 
but Todd Gurley is practicing. There is no um, there is no timetable for his return yet. But for those of you Todd Gurley fans and fans of the St. Louis Rams who took Seattle to the limit and won their game last week, props on that. And you can just, you know, maybe have a glimmer of hope that Todd Gurley is going to be back sooner than you think. So, Chris, in talking Todd Gurley real quick, like, what do you see, like, for projections for him this year? Like, even though knowing that he's hurt and not really knowing, like, when he's going to be back quite yet. Well, I think when he first comes back, they're going to be doing, you know, they'll ease him in there. So there'll be a, a lot of running back by committee. Right. Absolutely. But I think it won't take long for him to to show that he's, you know, more elite than the other, the other, you know, than Trey Mason and Benny Cunningham. And I think he'll, he'll start to, you know, get the bulk of the reps and maybe down the, the stretch, uh, be the go-to guy. So, uh, no, but, but, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. What were you going to ask? I was going to say, but in saying that he'll get the bulk of the reps, it possibly with the Rams coaching staff, do you think that there might, might or might not be a slight fear that he could tear his knee apart again. Well, that, that can happen to anybody anytime. So I understand that. I'm just saying. If the doctors give him the clean bill of health and they put him out there, then let him play. Put him out there. Uh, no, you, you're right. You're right. I mean, the fact that he's practicing means that the doctors give him the go-ahead. So basically, if he gets injured again, it's on him. It's just bad luck. Right, exactly. Or some linebacker that takes him out at the knees or something. Like, if he comes out there looking, like, gimpy, like RG3 did, out trying to come back or too early, then then take him out. Or it was a stupid decision. But if he's, you know, looks okay for the first few times and just gets hit wrong or you know, has an unfortunate mishap, then he's... And it's just bad luck. Absolutely. All right, well... You know, normally our new segments run long and we ramble and ramble and ramble, but there's not really much with these stories that, that I picked out. And I try and pick out, you know, the, the best ones of the bunch for the week as, as always. And literally we're running so like clean on time. Like we could, like we could, Okay, like, I'm trying to not get distracted over here because Chris is driving me nuts. I'm in Florida. What are you talking about? Yes. No, see, okay, fine. For those of you who don't know that this is recorded over Skype, Nikki and I, we do not record in the same studio. She's in Washington. I'm in Minnesota. I could have swore that that was stated many times. Chris is in Florida. And he's got his camera running, and he's trying to distract me, but I'm trying to not let him. Son of a bitch. Any, anyways, as I was saying, see, Chris, you affect my professionalism. I, I have done nothing of the kind. I am helping you today in your show. Uh, fair, fair enough. And I'm I, I, here I can't. On my desk, studying for all this content to help you. All right, fair enough. I can't get on you too much for that, I suppose. All right, well, as I was saying, with our, I guess, lack of news stories this week, I mean, we can jump right into lead coverage. And first off, we got uh, we got uh, your week one NFL recap. Now, first, Chris, in week one, 
what what surprised you the most about week one? Week one, um, I guess I I wouldn't have put a lot of money on Marcus Mariota throwing for four TDs in the first half, and oh, I wouldn't either. Uh, I was a that was a very good first game performance, uh, impressive. I mean, even it, it was just the Bucks, and it was just one week, but. Oh the oh the Bucks defense is absolutely atrocious. I mean they were you know they got the first pick in the draft for a reason but uh hey no s- second second pick. Or, no the Bucks had the first pick. No no I understand that but you were you you were referring to Mariota. Yes I was but I'm saying the Bucks had the first pick in the draft because they're so bad all over. The okay game. yes 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 okay that's where you're going with it gotcha so, okay but no. Impressive, nonetheless, uh, for his or for Mariota's first start. Okay, now, now another team that I, I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at the NFL. The Buffalo Bills, also, I guess you know, to I guess the casual football fan would say, "Holy crap!" The Bills came out of nowhere and beat the Colts. You know, because the Colts are um, a lot of people's uh, AFC Super Bowl pick. Uh, both Nikki and myself included, and the Bills just took him to task. What what do you what do you see uh, prognosis for the Bills this year? Um, I mean, if Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over and put his defense in horrible positions, they have a lot of talent all over that team, and um, I would think New England's still going to win the the division, but uh, they could definitely you know get a wild card spot and make it difficult on somebody in the playoffs. Okay. Now, I mean, and and obviously with my with our first uh, fantasy division preview when we did the AFC East uh, the first time around, I made the mistake of selling the Bills defense short. I took some flack for this and I under, and I understand that. This defense is even surprising me, especially for making Andrew Luck quite possibly arguably the best QB in the NFL and again arguably so nobody jumps on me for that the Bills defense made him look pedestrian I I mean this defense is even surprising me well I mean they were great last year too and I I understand that the the Colts offensive line is pretty pretty bad so I mean it was it just was a favorable matchup for the Bills and uh, it was in Buffalo, and they have a crazy crowd. So, uh, Luck had a lot of going, a lot going against him, and they were just not the better team this week. All right, let's see here. Let's go down to a couple more games do you, here. Do you think uh, Tyrod Taylor is good enough to get this team into the playoffs? If he's not, I think that that defense can lead them there themselves. I think that Tyrod, like, I and and I and also in speaking to my dad yesterday, I hate this term, but I'm gonna say it anyway because it's the best thing that I can say to Tyrod Taylor because I don't know enough about him. You're gonna call him a bus driver. I am gonna call him a game manager. Actually, actually, no, uh, because I hate because I hate the term game manager. I will start using the term bus driver. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start using that from now on. Okay. Okay, Tyrod Taylor is a bus driver, and 
and I believe in the guy. I rostered him in uh, one fantasy league out of four so far. So I believe in him as a backup, possibly. I mean, do I think he can do big things? I mean, he probably has the talent to do it, but I but I don't see it, especially with um with what he's got to work with. I don't blame Tyrod Taylor. If he's, you know, manageable and whatnot, you know what, that might be the best thing. Because, I mean, Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins is, I mean, I don't want to call him a bust yet, but Sammy Watkins really isn't living up to his own billing. And I'm not getting into LaShawn McCoy except for saying this. Hey, hey LaShawn, if you uh, hear this, uh, brother, how'd, uh, how'd your... Uh, 24 carries for 41 yards, do ya? More. Bet you? Bet you? Bet you? Bet you regret? Bet you regretting uh, not being on the Eagles, huh? After calling your coach a racist? He's got more yards than Murray. You son of a bitch. Or did you forget I, that? No, I. Rem- oh, trust me, I'll get there. My point is, is that Lashawn McCoy thinks he's something that he's not, and the guy just. Guy just can't let it go. He 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 wants to he he without saying it he wants to be a Philadelphia Eagle and he can't help himself. He just can't help himself. But anyways, now that next game that we should probably cover is Seattle and St. Louis. Okay, now Seattle and St. Louis. Chris, did you in your right mind expect this at all? Did I expect it at all? I thought that they actually had a pretty good chance. They beat them there last year. I mean, again, I, I made the claim that I thought Seattle was going to run through them. I did not think that Cam Chancellor holding out would cause this much of a ruckus. Like, that locker room is in shambles right now because of one player. And the, and the thing is, is that I agree with Ray Lewis and what he said this week. Cam Chancellor isn't arguing over $5 million. He's arguing over hundreds of thousands of dollars, which to an NFL player is not a ton of money. So, Ray Lewis said, you know, I wouldn't leave my brothers on the battlefield like that, not over money. Absolutely not. Now, again, I'm not trying to take money out of Cam Chancellor's hand and telling him that he, that he can't eat for that reason. I'm not doing that. All right. But, but I just, I don't, I just, I guess I just, uh, what am I trying to say here? I, I guess I just disagree with him not being out there, especially over something that's so little. Well, like he just had what the new contract extension went last year. That's, that's another part of it. Exactly. But for whatever reason, he feels like he's undervalued. He's seeing everybody else on the team get paid big money. So he's, you know, he's making a bet on himself that Seattle's not going to be as good without him. And, you know, if they start off 0-2 again, uh, 0-2 this week, um, I mean, the leverage is in his, in his court. So, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the, the infamous, uh, the infamous uh, comparison that we can make is with your Cowboys. And after uh, uh, 1993, and the Cowboys went 0-2, and, and Emmett Smith was not there. Emmett Smith was holding out. And uh, 
Jerry Jones went to Emmett Smith and he said, okay, we, I, I admit that we're losing, that we need you, you know, what exactly do you want? Emmett Smith signs his name on the dotted line. He comes back. He wins the NFL MVP for the year and they win back to back Super Bowls. Am I saying that they can win the Super Bowl this year just because Cam comes back? No, because I, even with Cam Chancellor, I still feel that defense is going to take a step back regardless, as per my three seed in the NFC uh, for our uh, playoff preview last year, or last week, I almost said last year, excuse me. I don't know. They're, they're going into hostile confines in Lambeau Field and... I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, you know, no team wants to start 0-2 beginning of the year. I think I heard on, you know, ESPN or SportsCenter that uh, teams that start off 0-2 have a 9, or make the playoffs 9% of the time. So you got right. you got Seattle, you have Philadelphia, you have a couple other teams, a couple of big predictions early on that uh, could have a hard time getting there if they drop the drop a game this week. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I actually was going to, because the thing is, is that I didn't expect it to be this bad. Because, you know, they, they do have... I mean, they lost by three in overtime. I mean, and they, I know, they gave, I know they gave that. up a 50-yard touchdown with like 30 seconds to go. I mean, it, I mean, it was kind of fluky. Well, right. I mean, again, and I, and I, but, but I will also say that the Green Bay offense is not the same offense as St. Louis. That... Seattle has a lot more to worry about facing Aaron Rodgers than he does Nick Foles. Well, I guess I thought one of the biggest concerns were first Seattle was the, you know, I know their offensive line. They got they traded Max Unger to for Jimmy Graham with the pick, and you know, they the the Rams teed off on Wilson all game. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I was I was watching the game myself. I mean, well, granted for to be able to talk about these games uh, for our great listener base here. Uh, I I literally watch bit by bit every single game. I, I literally have every single game running at the same time. And I try and switch back and forth as much as I humanly can. But this game kept me glued to it. And I was just, I, I again, I predicted Seattle to win actually pretty handily. Again, I respect the St. Louis Rams defense, but I didn't expect this. And I was like, you know, so I, I predicted Seattle to win handily. I'm watching the game because of my prediction. It sucked me in. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I just, like I said, everybody, Seattle's going to struggle. I, I, I predicted that and I'm sticking with that. They're going to struggle. They're going to make the playoffs by, some virtue of luck, but they're going to struggle. What was the what was the next game that uh, you want to discuss? Let's see here. We got to uh, do. Uh, I kind of want to bring up the Cardinals just to kind of poke Nikki with a sharp stick and bring up Carson Palmer and how how well he did. Uh, just a couple of notes here. Um, New Orleans does not look like themselves. Uh, I mean, again, and they lost Jimmy Graham. I understand 
that Jimmy Graham is a top tight end, but does he really mean that much to that offense to the point of where New Orleans might not make the playoffs? Or am I just thinking too much into it? Well, I think they're still transitioning. I mean, Atlanta looked pretty prolific on offense the other night, but I don't think Carolina has enough weapons to stay in the race. Tampa's not going to do it. Uh, so they just, they're really competing against Atlanta, I think, for the, the division. So I think it's too early to say. Okay. I mean, and, and like I said, before we move on to uh, the couple final games here, uh, I just want to throw out that people, you know, were writing off Carson Palmer, especially after that ACL injury last year. It was a fluke injury. Nobody touched him, and he just went down. And you know what? It was a freak thing. That kind of stuff happens. And But Carson Palmer lit it up. And he said, hey, football world, you know, hey, everybody, don't forget about me. I'm still here, and I still got a cannon of an arm. I mean, to a point, I guess. No, he, he's played and, really well. Uh, it would have uh, been interesting to see how far they could have went last year if he went to uh, gotten hurt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and you know, when he targeted uh, uh, Darren Fells uh, a ton, Darren Fells got a ton of yards, and I believe it was one or two touchdowns. And... um. And I'll admit, I picked him up in uh, in four of my leagues. I picked him up, I believe, in two of them. You know, uh, ju- just because I, I don't know. I-, I think that Carson Palmer can keep it going. And I, let me see here. And Arizona, I don't believe Arizona is playing too tough of a defense this week. Let me look into that. Really quick, Arizona. They're playing Chicago. Oh, they're playing Chicago. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh geez. Carson Palmer's going to light those. He's going to light them up. I mean, come on. Let's just hope that uh, another one of my fantasy receivers, Michael Floyd, let's just hope that he can get the uh, cement off of his cleats and kind of, you know, uh, get me a couple more points there. Again, I, gr- I know, granted, first game back from injury, I understand that. They don't want to, you know, push him too hard, but... Come on, brother. Like, come on. Show me something. All right. Well, obviously, the next game here would be you got Tennessee and Tampa Bay. We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Marcus Mariota coming out first game, first, well, first NFL game that matters, I should say. And he comes out like gangbusters. Throws, I mean, I. A shit ton of yards, four touchdowns. And on the other side, Jameis Winston looks bad. I understand that they didn't have Mike Evans. I get it. But he still has Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's got uh, Vincent Jackson. He's got Doug Martin. He's got other guys to throw the ball to. And his first NFL pass was a pick six. Again, I don't want to say that after one game that I'm going to cement him as anything, but I've never been a Jameis Winston fan for many reasons, as I'm sure I've stated multiple times. Who Who's going to be the better NFL quarterback, Chris? Jameis or Mariota? Who do I think is going to be better? Um, yes. After one week, <laughs> well, that's kind of a boring answer, but it's way too early to say. But I will say that 
prior to them both playing and prior to the draft, I am a big pro Winston, pro Winston okay. uh, believer. So I would have chosen Winston with the first overall pick. So All right. I'll probably say that I'm still thinking Winston will have the better career. Am I concerned right. about week one? Not really. It was his first week. If he I mean does this five, six, seven weeks in a row, I'll maybe be concerned, but uh, it's just his first game and he'll turn it around. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not gonna put my name out there and put myself on the limb for that. I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a Mariota guy myself. Uh Again, and it comes a lot from, uh, well, personally, I feel like a football standpoint and also a moral ground standpoint. I don't feel like Winston is that great of a person. I feel like he's immature as can be. And Mariota shows at least he's got a, a great head on his shoulders in both a human aspect and a football aspect as shown in commanding that offense. So, and then you have uh, Bishop Sankey coming out of nowhere, running for, uh, granted it was only 74 yards, but still. Ghost sighting of uh, the ghost of Bishop Sankey. Fuck Bishop Sankey. <laughs> when we got when we got to start talking about him because he got 70 yards, that means he hasn't done shit, so. I understand that. I just, uh, I, I remember a couple of articles I saw that people were like, oh, the, Waiver wire pickup. Pick up Bishop Sankey this week because uh, David Cobb is on the IR designated for return. So, like, I don't know. I just wanted to throw it in there for that reason to kind of poke uh, the the writers with a sharp stick and be like, yeah, you got kind of guys are kind of going out there a little bit. Okay, uh, next up we got uh, we're gonna talk about uh, a couple more games for you. Got Cincinnati and Oakland. Cincinnati just killed Oakland. I mean, Cincinnati right now has the, I believe, uh, let me look at the numbers here. They have the second-ranked defense this year. Again, granted, after one game, I get that. But these that defense, that run defense and pass defense both combined, as I said last week, they, those guys are underrated. Or, or am I wrong in stating that? It's the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sold on them yet. Sorry. And no, no, that's fine. That's totally fine. I'm just saying that I don't feel like this team gets enough as much love as they deserve. I, I like their linebacking core in in Mulaga, uh, Ray, Perfect, and uh, the fourth guy escapes me. Uh, their their front their front three is uh, pretty spectacular, and you know I mean again their D backs are kinda the the weak link in that defense. But hey, you know Derek Carr again. Granted, he was only in there for two quarters. Derek Carr isn't a scrub. I, I will say McGloin is, so that probably kind of helped him out a little bit. But still, I don't know. I picked I picked Cincinnati to go to the playoffs, so. They're well on their way. Well, they got plenty of talent on offense, um, but I, until Andy Dalton does it when it matters, I'm I'm not a believer. So, uh, no, and that's fine. Uh, last thing I'll say about Cincinnati is finally, again, granted, the reason that they haven't done this is due to injury. 
they are finally utilizing Tyler Eifert. I have long said that Tyler Eifert has all the talent in the world. Again, he again as we as we as sports fans always say, he just needs to stay healthy. He just needs to stay healthy. Will he stay healthy all year? I don't want to jinx him and say that he will or that he won't. But goddamn, I watched him perform. That guy has it. Again, against the Raiders, yes. But I don't know. I'm a big believer in Tyler Eifert. I don't know. Strong start to the season for him. Absolutely. All right, two two more games here. Chris, I'm going to let you take the helm on this, and I will I will be uh, as objective as humanly possible. New York Giants versus Dallas Cowboys. Chris, you start. Um, okay, I can be objective as, as well. So the Cowboys tried to give the game away, and then the refs and Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin gave it right back to them. So... Cowboys had a bunch of turnovers, and then stormed back. Had the refs missed a or refs called a pass interference call that probably shouldn't have been called. Cowboys get seven instead of possibly three, and then you know everyone the famous drive at the very end when instead of running the ball in or with Rashad Jennings, uh, they do a bootleg. Eli Manning decides to throw it out of bounds instead of taking a sack, and the rest is Romo's history. So Now, now in talking about Rashad Jennings, what do you feel about the statements made this week of people saying, or of Rashad saying that uh, Eli told me to, uh, to basically not score? What, what is your feeling on that? If that's true, I don't know what the fuck Eli was thinking. You're going to be up. 10 with a minute left and the Cowboys have no timeout. So that's just really fucking stupid. I mean, I mean, and I, and I thought the same exact thing. Like when I first heard that, when that came, came out on, uh, I believe it was, uh, uh, either Monday or, or Tuesday at the latest, like I almost blew a gasket. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, like, so hold on. So instead of Rashad Jennings scoring again, this is hindsight 2020, fine but instead of Rashad Jennings scoring you're gonna throw the ball out of the back of the end zone and purposely lose the game for your own team yes you are up by whatever you were up but you still give Dallas the time on the clock because the game isn't over until it's over and the final whistle sounds you have to play toward to all, all the way through you have to play all the way through to the final whistle in any sport. And Eli just kind of shrugs it off and just goes, oh, you know, I missed. I missed my target. You know, eh, who cares? You, you know what? Eli Manning can be good, but he can be really fucking stupid. Like, if I were Giants fans, I'd be a little pissed off with Eli right now if I were them. Yeah, I, I try to put myself, you know, if like the Cowboys would have done. If the roles were reversed, like you said, um, I just don't understand what they were thinking at all. Like, you possibly could have went for it on third and fourth down, just ran it. You could have taken the time off, and if you want, if you, they would have somehow goal line stuffed you and they got the ball back, they'd be back at the one with 40 seconds left to drive maybe 70 yards to try to get a field goal. 
Exactly. Exactly. That. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. There's just the chances that the Cowboys had of getting the ball back with enough time. They needed everything to go. The Giants to do everything wrong for them to have a chance, and they just did everything wrong. I was just going to say that. I was going to say they did everything wrong. I mean, and here's the thing. Instead of going for that that stupid that stupid pass, I you know what? Even in looking back at the play, I have no idea who his target was. I have no idea. And and here's the thing. Eli takes the sack. They run the play clock again because that if he takes the sack, that means at least another thirty five seconds runs out the clock, at least before they can get set back up and snap the ball. Again, the Cowboys, I I do not hate a team worse than the Cowboys. Chris, you know this. I love you, brother, but I also hate you for that reason. But I, yes. I was just going to say, I mean, the Giants still had their defense on the field and Romo just went yeah. all the way. No, I, I was I was gonna get there. I, I just I'm still on the Giants right now. I just I don't understand it. I don't get it. They had the game. All Eli Manning had to do is cover is just fall on the football. I mean, literally just just do do the Ric Flair flop and just fall on your face. And just Oh my god. And this is the guy that the Giants gave an extension to. Yes, Giants fans, I know that he's a Super Bowl quarterback two times over. I get it. You, If you want to be an elite quarterback, you can't do that. Can't do it. And as, as said, Tony Romo gets the ball back, has the most uh, game-winning drives, I believe, since what was it, 2008? 2006. Okay, 2006. Okay. Uh, since 2006, Tony Romo is the most game winning fourth quarter drives. Tony Romo, uh, and they also had no timeouts, yes? Correct. Okay, so they had no timeouts. Uh, they had about maybe a minute on the clock, if that. And Tony Romo drives the ball down the field and scores a touchdown. With a minute left and no timeouts, as much as I hate the Cowboys with every fiber of my being, I will give Tony Romo his credit. I did not expect that. I literally almost walked from the room thinking that, yes, the Cowboys have the ball. Do I expect them to drive the ball with a minute left and score? No, I do not. If they would have had maybe one or two timeouts, I'd, I would have been like, okay, that's different. But Tony Romo showed me something that I haven't seen from Tony Romo in a long time. And maybe I don't pay enough attention. Tony Romo's more elite than I give him credit for. I'll say it right now. He's he's good. I and And Chris, you know how much that kills me to say. It it kills me. Well, it's nice to hear you say it. I, I, I can hear the venom coming out of it when you're saying it, but it's nice to hear it. <sighs> I I am just I. To be fair, though, he like 
he has not made as often, or even he didn't make it last year, I don't believe. He hasn't made the big mistake he was so known for seasons ago. So he's, he is, especially last year, he has played the best football of his career probably the last season, and he had a great start this season. So. Okay, well, and uh, anything else that you want to add uh, with your uh, boys over here with uh, the uh, recap? Uh, I, someone asked me the other day if I would rather have lost the game, have the Cowboys lose the game, and had kept Des Bryant and Randy Gregory healthy for the rest, you know, rest, healthy for the rest of the season. And, right. I think it's a. I think. Uh, I think I rather have had those guys stay healthy than the win. If how, as how different as that sounds, but I think the. I think the Dallas is gonna have a hard time coming up here. Well, I mean, you know what? If I were a Cowboys fan, I'd actually agree with you one hundred percent. Because because in saying that, yes, you're losing one game, yes, but you're also keeping your best weapon and a possible upstart rookie completely healthy and that will help you help you know the team a lot more while waiting for Hardy and uh and uh, uh Rolando McLean and a couple other pieces that uh are not coming to mind right so so no I totally agree with you if I were a Cowboys fan I would have answered the same way but hopefully we take the victory um if Romo keeps playing the way he does, I think he can keep the float or the boat floating, and then hopefully all the the cavalry comes later on this year. The boat floating is there? Is there water uh, filling up the bottom of the boat? We'll find out the, the next week. <laughs> there might be some bird droppings on here. This we play the Eagles and Falcons the next couple of weeks, so there might be some bird shit on this boat. <laughs> The, the, e- the Eagles and the Falcon flock are just going to come fly over the boat and they're just going to shit all over you guys. No. All right. And in our... Actually, no. No, no, no. I totally forgot there were double games on Monday. We got two more games that I want to talk about. I want to save my guys for last. So we're going to talk about Minnesota and San Francisco. Chris, with the Vikings game... I don't know what I watched. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, for a defense in the 49ers that seem to have every player retire or be arrested or, you know, just be injured, uh, they stifled the Vikings offense, uh, shut down Adrian Peterson, made Teddy look not as good as he did last year. Um, and then Carlos Hyde on the other side of the ball, he had a ton of carries and ran terrific against uh, a Vikings defense that I still think is pretty good, but, um, they just had their way with the Vikings. Uh, um, I seen, I'm sorry, I'm only three fourths of the game cause it's such a, it started, it was a, like a 10 30 kickoff here. Um, I know, uh, I'm sure you're enjoying the, the Viking loss up there in Minnesota. what do you think? Ah, well, I will admit that I have a, uh, what's the, how how do I put this? I have a, um, interesting 
dilemma with the Vikings. With the current person that I am currently dating, who is a hardcore Vikings fan, I try and be as level-headed as possible. In saying that, I enjoyed this so much. So much so that I, I found, no, first off, I, I found myself laughing the entire game, number one, with how much Carlos Hyde was just, I mean, just slicing and dicing the defense, this vaunted defense of Mike Zimmer and, oh, this defense is going to be so great because of one man. And yes, I know that it was one game, but I've heard it before. I've heard it so much because of where I live that just seeing that just just made me smile a little bit. And it took a little bit of the sting of the final game that we're going to talk about out of it. And you know what? While I went to bed pissed off, I went to bed less pissed off than I would have if the Vikings would have won. And just the simple fact that they couldn't get any offense going against this defense that nobody knows what, what nobody knew what to expect with, like you said, with all the injuries, arrests, retirements, etc., etc. And also, if memory serves, the 49ers lost uh, Navarro Bowman, yes? They, no, they had Navarro Bowman. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is it during the game. Didn't he go down? Uh, like I said, I, I did not catch the whole game. He may have. I'm not sure. Okay, no, because I remember, I, I could have swore I remember seeing him go down. Now, he could have came back, by all means. And uh, But but we'll, we'll, we'll just run with it, thinking that, you know, that he went down for a period and came back then. So, you know, and they lost Bowman, and, and, and the, I mean... They're, they're D-backs. I mean, I can't think of any of them. I mean, so their D-backs aren't really, you know, that spectacular. And again, nobody knew what to expect out of this defense. And they came out into, into uh, Levi Stadium, and they just punched the Vikings in the mouth. Right in the kisser. Uh, the pow, right in the kisser. Do you like, did you like the 49ers uniforms? I'm up in the air about them. I, I I like the black, but I don't know. I up in the air for me. I like their traditional red. I wish they'd have had those. I, I don't know. Like like it's kind of. But also in saying that, it's also kind of like the or like the Vikings. Excuse me. Like the uh, like the Eagles. If the Eagles were to come out with a new jersey, that that's the new. Or, or wait, is that the new like primary, or is that just like an alternative? That's just one of those alternative things. Okay, okay, so it's like the Eagles wearing black, basically. Correct. Okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, that's different, I, uh, because uh, I thought that actually it was a total like color scheme change, and that's where I was going with it in when talking about the jersey. Like, if the Eagles were to change their their color scheme from the midnight green, I'd have a problem. I, I legitimately would have a problem with it. But knowing that it's like the Eagles uh, jet black, I, you know what, in saying that, I don't have a problem with it. But I do understand you saying that home opener, you know, come out with the red, you know, and the red and the, uh, well, I don't have a problem. The gold and I whatnot. Like the and, 
No, no, that's what I, I'm not sorry. I'm not saying that you have a problem with it. I'm just saying, you know, for the home fans, come out with the home opener with the red and the gold and all and all that stuff and just go to town. And what, one more question that I have on the Vikings game, or actually two quick questions for you. One, do you see Teddy Bridgewater kind of staying where he's at this year? Uh, progressing now, take into account the receivers that he has to work with, or do you see him regressing? That's the first question. I think he'll get better. Uh, they'll get the running game going, and it'll take some pressure off, and he'll get the play action passing game working. I think, uh, I think it was a blip on the radar. They'll adjust, and they're gonna make it tough on teams yet. Okay. And last question before we move on to our final game. We got uh, uh, Adrian Peterson. Now, you kind of answered the question inadvertently, but do you see this as a sign of things to come with AP and the fact that he's on the wrong side of 30? Not not to say that he's going to immediately downward spiral, but do you see him kind of uh, aging due to attrition and like him just kind of withering away slowly? Um, boring answer, but I don't know. Like, I mean, for a couple reasons. They, I mean, he was out all last year, out the entire preseason. I expected, to, I didn't expect 200 yards, 100 yards, or 150 yards the first game. He, as great as he is, and the machine and the amount of working out he does, he hasn't played football in forever. And he finally got in there, and. I don't understand why, and the second reason why I, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I don't think it should happen if they don't keep running him out of shotgun. I don't know why the fuck they were doing that for a lot of the game. Put him mm-hmm. in the position right. he's been doing, like an eye, or not eye formation, single back, eye formation, anything like that. Get him out of the shotgun, though. Okay, now, but also another thing, um, uh, my brother and your good friend, uh, he being a diehard Vikings fan, I know that he had a problem with the offensive line on Monday night. Uh, what What is your prognosis for the offensive line for the part of the game that you saw? They were stunk. They were bad. Uh, no, I mean, I mean for the rest of the year, like with Phil Lodholt gone, John Sullivan out like eight weeks. Well, do do you see do you see them protecting AP? Do you see AP struggling due to that? Do you see Teddy struggling due to that? Um, that that kind of thing. Uh, I think the offensive line will improve as it plays some games, but load hauled out is a big injury. But I believe you have a rookie TJ Clemens on the right side. Yes, that's who they're playing. Um, I mean, hopefully he gets better with experience, and then like yeah, Jalen Sullivan. Um, I don't, his injury is an eight week injury. You said, uh, I, that's what I remember. Okay. I thought it was shorter than that. I'm, I'm likely wrong though, but, um, I think it's got to open up a crease for AP and he'll go, uh, give us some time. I feel like the whole line offensive lines need a lot of time to gel together. You, your Eagles offensive line last year was beat to shit. Uh, took a few games and they, uh, had yeah. a thousand, a thousand yard rusher. Uh, they got an elite back, still running back, still back there. Uh, he'll be able to, you know, pick up the slack in areas. And I will say the last part about the Vikings uh, 49ers game. 
Carlos Hyde is a guy that I've kept my eye on, but haven't really, you know, like said, like he's, you know, that good yet. He opened my eyes with that game. Holy balls. Like, I was like, okay, I'm paying attention to you more now, sir. You, thank you for that. Like I said, that was a, that was a great debut versus the Vikings defense that I thought was good. I was very shocked by this, uh, by this outcome. Who did you, who did you have winning this game? Let's see here. I had uh, the Vikings actually. Yeah, I, I did too. They the Vikings were on uh, you know the sweet pick of everyone in the off season to make the big jump, and then the 49ers, besides losing a head coach, lost you know a ton of other players that they had in their NFC Championship runs and Super Bowl runs. So it was a it was a big surprise to me as well. For the big for the biggest. Part of it, actually, that I remember reading this week is that uh, the 49ers head coach, uh, Tomasula, the guy used to be a used car salesman. He looks like a used car salesman. I was going to say, and now he's the head coach of an NFL football team. That's, That's just crazy to me. Oh, hey, here, let me sell you this used Kia Rio. Oh, by the way, uh, Colin Kaepernick, go out there and... Uh, hand the ball off to Carlos Hyde. Yeah, he's a... I, I, it's, that's just weird to me. He's a funny-looking guy. All right, in our final game here for our NFL recap... <sighs> the Atlanta Falcons versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Atlanta Falcons won 26-4... to four, tw- or Almost said 14, Jesus. 26-24... to 24. Chris, I'm going to let you once again go first. Uh, okay. So far, Julio Jones is the man dominating some free agent acquisition accusation, acquisition named Byron acquisition yes, named Byron Maxwell. Uh, can't I can't blame him on that bad. Julio's going to make everybody look bad. Um. The, I think the Eagles just, they started so so slow out of the gate. Um, they had to abandon the running game, play catch-up. So that's why I really think the rushing yards were as bad as they were. I don't think it's going to assign a things to come. I think the, I, I agree 100%. I think the, Absol- absolutely. I think the running game will get going. They showed in the, the Eagles showed in the second half. They can still point points up. Um, what I, uh, I liked what I seen from Atlanta defensively they they got at the quarterback a lot to be to be honest I was a little uh a little shocked at both sides of the lines for the Eagles I thought their offensive line let Bradford get hit a number of times especially early on and I thought their defensive line gave a lot up a lot more rushing yard well just like quality rushes to the Atlanta that I didn't think they would because I think Atlanta has a very poor offensive line um, what do you think about that? Uh, about uh, which part of the it? Def- I thought well, I, th- I, might th- I thought the defensive line for the the Eagles was not as good as I was expecting. I mean, we'll, we'll say this: I did not expect. Um, yeah, uh, especially for the Falcons, being that basically the Falcons' offensive line is patchwork. I thought we'd be able to get to Matt Ryan a little bit more, uh, put a little bit more pressure on him. Uh, I did not expect us to give up 105 rushing yards. I did not expect that, especially 
with them basically doing a running back by committee with uh, Freeman and Coleman being that Freeman has never really gotten a shot and Coleman being a rookie. I didn't expect that. Uh, definitely didn't make me happy. I, I feel like we have one of the best front free, front threes in the NFL. Again, call me biased or whatever. I truly feel that way. I feel like Beanie Logan is one of the top nose tackles in the game. Fletcher Cox doesn't get enough credit. But in saying that, they didn't show up. I mean, it's as, it's as simple as that. I mean, granted, granted, yes, the Eagles got... Uh, okay, never mind. We, we had one sack on Matt Ryan. We had one sack, and that was Fletcher Cox got it. Only had about eight pass deflections. We had uh, only three quarterback hits. Okay. Mm, okay. Let me get back on track here. We had three quarterback hits. Why? Because Billy Davis didn't start blitzing all out like he's prone to do. Or not prone to do because that makes it sound bad. Like he's normally used to doing until about... Like it, it, it literally was like three-fourths of the third quarter gone. And we started blitzing. Like we, we started getting a little bit more urgent and whatnot. What? Both sides of the ball, the entire team started out so slow. And I don't understand it. You have mini camp, you have training camp, you have preseason, you've been playing together for months. How, how does Chris explain to me how this happens? Well, this is especially, especially hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me add this here. Especially with the offense that we run, how does this happen that we start out so slow? Well, first off, I'm going to say preseason and the NFL regular season are quite different. I understand that, but but again, my only thing in saying that is that they have time together. So, like, it, this shouldn't happen. I expect it in preseason. I don't expect it week one of games that matter. The, I guess the or the Atlanta's defense just had a, a good game plan for against. Them. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, I. I, I will say this about Atlanta's defense. I did not expect what they threw at us. I, I, I legitimately thought that we should be able to slash them and dice them pretty simply because I don't think their defense is that great. I, I didn't give their, uh, their linebackers enough credit in our, in our previews a couple of weeks ago. Their linebackers are good. Especially that Paul Warlow at in the middle there for that linebacking core. That guy is an animal. And and obviously Sam Bradford, he uh, he had a so he start, night. No, no, no. I know. And 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 I, and I was gonna get to that. Sam Bradford, he started out slow. He missed uh, a bunch of easy throws. And again, having not played in like 17 months, you know what? I expect that. I knew that Sam Bradford was going to, 
you know, take a little bit of time in the game to kind of get his his um his uh, velocity down, his motion down, and his range. And and I knew that. So like when he threw overthrew Nelson Aguilar, uh, when Aguilar he threw the ball before Aguilar even had his head turned, which is completely on Sam Bradford. At least I feel like. Because Aguilar had no idea that the ball was coming to him. So that's on Sammy B. And and he just he just looked kind of like off kilter a little bit. And then, you know, as we talked about, we couldn't really get the running game going. The running game we only had, let me see here, uh, 63 rush yards on 16 attempts. As you mentioned earlier, well, I mean, granted, we almost had uh, four yards per carry, so I guess it's not that bad. But but still, like you were saying, I don't expect Sam Bradford to come out there and throw 52 times a game. That's not going to happen every game. It's just not. We're going to eventually uh, sew up our defense and get us kind of nailed down a little bit, keeping us in the game or blowing some teams out because some of these games coming up here, I mean, we should be able to do that. I don't mean to get on my high horse, but I know what this team can do. And before the second half started, I didn't recognize my boys. I didn't. I was like, what, what is going on? And then second half comes out and we put up two quick scores. And I said, this is the team that I know and love. This is them. This is what I know that Sam Bradford can do. And Sam Bradford throwing uh completing 20 or 20 uh 36 passes uh off of uh, 52 attempts uh for one touchdown and two interceptions. One of those interceptions was a fluke. One of them was on Bradford, so I'll I'll say that, you know, I don't feel I, I don't feel like his quarterback rating of uh, 49.4 uh, really reflects uh, Sam Bradford's performance. I don't think that that's very fair. Um, he threw 130 or 336 yards, which I feel like shows Sam Bradford's talent. Uh, when my dad was over here yesterday, he and I argued about Sam Bradford and me propping him up and saying, I said, I'm not saying that Sam Bradford showed earlier what he's going to do now. I'm saying that Sam Bradford has always had the talent. He's just never had the receivers to throw the ball to. Jordan Matthews and Nelson, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, Josh Huff, and Zach Ertz are not Chris Givens, Brian Quick, Jared Cook, and Tavon Austin. I mean, let's be honest here those are not the same thing and the reason that we lost this game is possibly one of those interceptions that Bradford probably wishes he could have back I'm assuming and the slow start am I wrong in anything that I'm saying uh, I'm trying to think I think like Chip Kelly's offense for your team is very beneficial to them, unless they're going to get put out put out on three, you know, three and outs consecutively. Then it puts their... which we which we did by starting the game with two three and outs. Exactly, and it puts your defense at a big 
disadvantage, and that's the risk of Chip Kelly's scheme. That's that's what the risk is. If he gets blanked out, he's going to have to punt, and it puts them in a hole. Um, but they are good at. But when they get things going, they don't let allow the the Eagles. When the Eagles get things going, they don't allow the opponent's defense to substitute to. You know, get their checks in, make sure everything, have everybody lined up, and they take advantage of it, and they take advantage of it quickly. Like you said, they put, they can't, they had this game within a touchdown, what, by the end of the third quarter? Uh, that sounds about right, yeah. Um, like, I think they will get the running game going. I'm not too concerned about the running game. I, I'm not either. They just, uh, they just can't fall, fall in the hole so quickly again. Um, I don't, I don't envision them falling in the hole too much this week. I think this week we'll have a better idea of what they want to do. Okay, as uh, as as you were saying, now th- this defense, Chris, is I, I mean, flat out, it's better than what we showed. I mean, again, and call me biased or call me whatever, but I. Am I wrong to feel like that this team is better than what we showed? Well, as far as the defense, I, I like your front seven a lot. Um, oh, same, same here. I, I, as, I, as you know how I feel about Byron Maxwell, I think it was uh, overpay, kind of like Namdi Asamoah years back. Um, Let's not bring up Namdi Asamoah. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just kidding. I, I think it was an overpay, and you know that, but... Yes, but with if you get the pressure with the front seven, it'll make him look better. Um, I think you're. I think the defense should be better. They if they stop the run, they put and they put all you know get the teams behind. They're going to put them in position to have to pass all the time. And with Connor Barwin and I, I like Fletcher Clocks a lot and Brandon Graham. If they, I think they can get after the passer and make life hell on the opposition. Right. I mean, and as we and as we talked about earlier, I mean, Julio Jones. You know, people will talk about Julio Jones shredding Bre- uh, Maxwell and Nolan Carroll the third, but the thing is, is that Julio Jones is going to get his no matter who he goes up against, because Julio Jones is like Des Bryant. They're they're just they're too good. They're going to get theirs no matter what. It doesn't matter who you put to cover them. It's just. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and as much as I love Dez, uh, he doesn't have the same element that Julio does. He can't run a 4-3 like Julio does. Julio has, I mean, he has the whole package. Like, I mean, you, you could People can argue that he's the best receiver in the league. Right, oh, absolutely. Um, now, I, I mean, and, and lastly, uh, before we move into our uh, weekly previews here, uh, all I'm going to say is is that, yes, I allotted us three losses. One of those losses I did not expect to come last week, so I'm kind of handcuffing myself a tiny bit. And for you Eagles fans out there that may be listening to this, you know as well as I do that this is not the team that we know and love. This is not the team we are fielding every single week, week in and week out. And you can book that. All right. Now, 
Uh, let's get into coverage of tomorrow's games as we are recording on a Saturday afternoon. Week two of the NFL season going on. Now, Chris, do you want to do an individual coverage of the Eagles and Cowboys first and then weekly picks? Or do you want to save our bitter rivalry for last? Uh, let's do the weekly picks first. Okay, that's what I figured you were going to say. That's what I wanted to do. Okay, let me find my uh, tab here of the games for the week. And there we go. Okay. Uh, as I said, recording on a Saturday, uh, not exactly ideal. Uh, just life happens, but we are getting this episode out to you. Uh, Thursday's game happened. Uh, Kansas City lost the game versus the Denver Broncos more than the Broncos won. Jamal Charles fumbling twice definitely did them in. Speaking of that game, I want to pose a question to you, Chris. Uh, after the Thursday game, I did some research. In the weeks that, or the weeks, excuse me, scratch that, the years that both DeMarco Murray and Jamal Charles have been in the NFL, if you look at the numbers of total fumbles lost and you cut it in half, both average the same amount of fumbles for their career. Now, in saying that, why is DeMarco Murray labeled fumble fingers, but Jamal Charles gets a pass? Honestly, probably because he was with the Cowboys and Cowboys were on prime time more. You don't see as much of Jamal Charles on television. I guess. I just I just wanted to know your answer to that, being that DeMarco used to be on your team. And, and I just found that interesting because they both average out to have uh, two fumbles a year. So I just, just wanted to point that out to be like, why does Jamal Charles get a pass? And I, like, you know, and I just heard that statistic on Charles during the Thursday night game. So and I, I didn't, I had no idea that he had. So they. Oh, neither did I. I. The only reason that I looked it up is because he cuffed the ball up twice right. in one game. That's the only reason that I looked at it. Um, as far as Demarco, yeah, last year he had six or seven fumbles, but prior to that, he was not known as a fumbler. But last year, um. He definitely had some key fumbles at uh, bad times, especially in the, that Packer-Cowboy playoff game. So hopefully, I, I, hopefully he has another one this weekend. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, first game up here. Was, Houston. was that your uh, horse noise? Uh, that was my <laughs> Well, actually, that was my, like, sarcastic, like f u laugh i guess okay. is the best way i can put that all right all right uh for <laughs> shut up all right for first game up we got houston texans at carolina panthers chris who you got oh man this is gonna be a pretty boring game i think but um i actually actually have houston i would pick houston to win this game okay because Houston came back and bit me in the ass last week, I picked Carolina, and for those of you who don't know, I uh, I conversed with Nikki last night before the show. I got her picks in front of me. I will post these uh, on the Facebook like I did last week. We will do this every week and keep you guys updated. It's written in pen, so it's on the up and up. Uh, Nikki also picked Carolina. Okay. Uh, next game up, we got San Fran 
49ers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris. I am going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that the Steelers offense is too explosive to be held down again. And I don't think the 49ers will be able to keep up. I don't think Kaepernick has the weapons to put enough points up. So, okay. Steelers. Due to last week, I am going with the 49ers. I, I, I don't know why. I know that Pittsburgh's defense kind of played well last week. I just, I, I, I see another big game for Carlos Hyde. Uh, Nikki also has the 49ers. Okay. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Saints. Uh, Nikki and I also have the Saints. I don't think that Winston's going to go into the, the Superdome and win there. Not yet. I mean, and also the Saints defense, while, um, you know, you know, oh, Rob Ryan, you know, is, is, you know, his brother and this and that and all this, all this stuff. And the Saints defense has never been that good, but they definitely showed up last week. And I think Winston is once again going to be in some trouble. I think he might throw another two picks this week. That's that's just a feeling. Wouldn't surprise me. Hopefully, his first pick doesn't go or first pass doesn't go for a pick six again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota's home opener. I'll let you pick this one first. Nikki and I are both going Detroit. Detroit. How come? I just, I need to see the Vikings win, especially after putting up only three points last week. I just, I can't pick them. I can't do it. I'm also going to pick Detroit. Okay. We got up next, we got the Cardinals and Chicago. Nikki and I both have the Cardinals. I don't want any of Jay Cutler. Fuck Cutler. Give me give me Arizona. Give me Carson Palmer. All right. Well, like I said, with uh, Chicago's uh, Chicago's linebackers um, having given up, I believe this statistic is correct. At least it's going to be close. They've given up the seventh most uh, fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And as I mentioned, having picked up uh, Darren Fells last week, in uh, two of my four leagues. I'm uh, really hoping that Carson Palmer can keep that connection going. All right. New England and Buffalo. Who you got? Um, I'm going to pick New England, but it's going to be a uh, low scoring. Maybe it's going to be, it's going to be close. I think it'll be like a 2017 victory for New England. Okay. I also have New England. This is one of Nikki and I's uh, differences. Nikki has Buffalo. Okay. Uh, San Diego and the Bengals. San Diego and the Bengals. This is this would be an interesting game to watch. I, I agree. I wish I wasn't working to watch this one. Um, it's at Cincinnati, correct? Uh, correct. At Cincinnati. Ooh. Um, I will... I think I will go with Cincinnati in this game. Uh, reasoning, I, they have a, I like all their offensive weapons. 
I think Eifert has another big game. Uh, I agree. San Diego shut down Megatron. I think they'll do this. Try to do the same with AJ Green, but I think Eifert's going to eat up the middle of the field again, and then Jeremy Hill is going to get a couple close touchdowns. Um, and I think the Cincinnati's defense will do enough to keep Philip Rivers from from going ape shit and winning the game. I agree. Nikki and I also have Cincinnati. Jeremy Hill is a special player, dude. I know you just mentioned him. I, I'm liking Jeremy Hill the more that I watch. Now, a, as Nikki and I, per our agreement, you know, so we can cover each other's games, I watch the Bengals and she watches the Eagles. And Jeremy Hill is fun to watch, especially on that first touchdown. Um, I I watched him. He He went right. He got stuffed. He literally bounced off the defender, went all the way back around to the left side and beat everybody out and scored the touchdown to the left. That kid is special. And you know what? If he was on the Eagles, I wouldn't say boo. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got Tennessee at Cleveland. <sighs> Johnny football versus Marcus Mariota and Marcus Mariotto. And uh, call me, uh, this one was easy once I heard that Johnny Football is going to be starting the game. So I am taking all Tennessee. Uh, Nikki and I are also taking Tennessee. I, uh, I know that uh, I, I, the Browns defense is underrated. They got, uh, they got Paul Kroger. They got uh, Berkovis Mingo. They got Joe Hayden. Uh, they got... Uh, uh, Ty- Tyson uh, Gibson uh, as D-backs. But I, I I say Mariota has another big game. Obviously not the same game that he had last week. But I'd say Mariota has, you know, uh, maybe, you know, 200-some yards and maybe a touchdown. But I believe he also adds uh, some yards on the ground against this defense, as good as they are. I just... I see Mariota just riding high from his first game, and he's just saying, hey, I'm feeling it, NFL. Now it's your job to try and stop me. Okay, uh, next up we got Atlanta at New York Giants. A couple of the best whiteouts in the league in this game. Yep. Um, I think I will choose... Ah, this is a tough one. It's at New York, and they. I'm going with Atlanta. I think the. I think the 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 dumping and piling on of Tom Conflin and Eli Manning continues this week. I agree. I mean, I, again, and the only reason that I'm picking Atlanta, I am also picking Atlanta. I feel like that. At, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll go back to the Eagles game. Atlanta's defense showed me something. Again, are their D-backs that great? No. But that, but Vic Beasley up front and that linebacking core with Jason Durant, Chris, your former cowboy, and uh, and Paul Paul Warlow. I mean, that defense is not that great, but they're not bad either. And they showed me that. And I feel like they caused some problems for the Giants. I feel like Odell Beckham gets his. Uh, no real uh, report on Victor Cruz. I have not heard that he's been practicing this week. He's out. So I highly, I was gonna say, so I highly doubt he suits up. 
And, uh, and I just don't see it. I don't feel like their running game will do enough. Uh, they'll try to do the Shane Vereen out of the passing game. I will be starting him in fantasy this week. So I, so here's to hoping. And, uh, and yeah, I just see Atlanta pulling up the W and Atlanta with the surprise, uh, two and O start. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Okay. Next up, we got St. Louis at Washington. Uh, I think St. Louis is going to win their defense is just going to force cousins to into a ton of mistakes. If they don't force them into a ton of mistakes, that defense, that front seven is going to, they may hurt this kid because that offensive front line. Both the of, RG3 back in the lineup. They're going to knock out Cousins and McCoy. Bold prediction of the week. All right. Chris's C-Dog's bold prediction is that RG3 is going to somehow make it into the game. All right. Even if he's inactive. <laughs> All right, even if he's inactive. Hey, 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 RG3, you're in uh, you're in uh, Washington Redskins Under Armour and sweatpants. Uh, go in the game. All right, uh, I have St. Louis as well. Nikki actually is picking Washington. When we were discussing this, that one made me raise an eyebrow a little bit. I was like, uh, okay. Especially with no Deshaun Jackson. I don't know. With I, I want to say this before we move on. Again, with that offensive line, I feel like Kirk Cousins is going to get brutalized. I'm I'm worried for the kid because I because uh, Kirk Cousins isn't exactly a guy to you know uh, you know bootleg out of the pocket and escape. You know I don't feel like he has that great of speed. I'm worried about him getting hurt. Honestly. Uh, up next, we got Miami and Jacksonville. I'll let you go first. Uh, Nikki and I both have Miami. I'm going to pick Jacksonville. I picked Jacksonville last week, and they and they shot me in the foot. Granted, uh, like Nikki and I, we've both been talking uh, on the show we feel like Jacksonville is close, or or sorry, I'm more bullish on Jacksonville than she is. Sorry, that's the Raiders that, that we talked about that. Jacksonville still needs a couple of pieces. Jacksonville's defense is, un, is underrated, in my personal opinion. I just got an alert on my phone that's sitting next to me that Jonathan Cyprin is likely not playing. That will not help. Jonathan Cyprin is... Uh, Base, well, I guess uh, besides Paul Peslowski, uh, Jonathan Cyprin is the leader of that defense besides him. And Jonathan Cyprin likely isn't going to play. He's doubtful. So uh, I don't see this game going that well. But I will say that Jacksonville with Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles definitely showed me something. He They, they will keep this game close, but Ryan Tannehill is just too good right now. And I feel that Lamar Miller is going to definitely finally show up this week. I feel like last week was a, was a misnomer. Lamar Miller's going to get his game going. And my guy, TJ Yeldon, as I've been uh, propping him up all show long since episode one. Or since our uh, AFC uh, South preview, I should say, uh, whenever that was. TJ Yeldon is better than people give him credit for. 
and I feel like that that Miami run defense can be had. But Miami for me. Okay. All right. Uh, Baltimore at Oakland. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Uh, Nikki and I both have Baltimore. Uh, okay. I mean, again, while I don't exactly believe in Baltimore's offense, their defense definitely showed up last week. And even though that Derek Carr is likely back, he is listed as probable, so in all likelihood he is playing. I don't know. With Latavius Murray not really uh, doing much last week, especially against uh, Baltimore's run defense, which is still there, I don't see Latavius Murray going very far. And with them being able to double or triple, right? Or I almost said Riley Cooper, Amari Cooper. Excuse me. I uh, I just don't see it, Baltimore. You want to save the next game for last? I said Baltimore. No, the next game. Sure. Yeah, we'll do. We'll go. We'll go. What Seattle Green Bay. Okay, Seattle Green Bay. Uh, I'm going Green Bay. They're gonna get. I. They're gonna get revenge from last year. I am also going Green Bay. I feel like this Cam Chancellor thing, and for the simple fact that nothing's happened yet, he's still holding out. This is causing locker room turmoil. I I see Seattle losing until he comes back, and even then. I don't know. Like I said, I'm bullish on Seattle not being that great. I I don't know. I see. I I pick Green Bay. Uh, Nikki is picking Seattle. She told me last night that they're not losing two, and I said, well, okay, but you know, we'll see. All right, Monday night matchup. Monday night football on ESPN. Uh, New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts. It's gonna be a tricky one. I could see a, I could see a possible upset here, but I don't, I don't have the guts to take it, so I'm gonna take Indianapolis. I agree. This is one of them that I kind of struggled with. I struggled with this game, and with the uh, Buffalo New England game the most. Um, and and uh, but 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 like you, I am also picking the Indianapolis Colts as is Nikki. I I feel like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck kind of seems like an aw shucks, you know, not a, he, Andrew Luck is a very personable, likable guy on the outside, on the inside. I feel like he wants to come out and he wants to just tear the New York Jets secondary apart for the way that he performed last week. I feel like Andrew Luck puts up a big game. See, uh, I I don't know if, if the, if the Colts win, I don't think it's going to be a, a big scoring game, a high scoring affair, lots of yards, especially with T.Y. Hilton pop, possibly not playing. No, uh, there is that. Yes. Um, you're telling I'm not convinced Andre Johnson's going to beat Darrell Revis or whoever they decide to put Revis Island on. Um, I have no confidence in the Colts run game. I don't know why I keep talking like this since I picked the Colts, but yeah, I, I was just going to ask that. Uh, but I, I some I don't trust what Ryan Fitzpatrick either. But um, it's gonna be uh, I, I think it's gonna be a low scoring like seventeen to thirteen type score game. I uh, 
I'd trust Ryan Fitzpatrick with the football more than I would trust uh, uh trust uh, uh what's his face Geno. uh uh Geno Smith yeah there we go especially with fit, what Fitzpatrick did last year I'd I'd rather have Fitzpatrick than Smith but that's just me and then now to our game of the week or what uh it uh, kind of looks that way all right. Three o'clock game. Four twenty-five my time. Four twenty-five Sea Dogs time. Yes, Sea Dogs, Dallas Cowboys versus, and at, Lincoln Financial Field against my boys, the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's do this first before we get into our game preview. Who you got? Um, are we gonna give scores and predictions? That is up to you. Whatever you want to do. Well, I, I think we should both do scores and predictions. Fair enough. Okay. You and I'll go first. I say that the final score of this game is twenty-seven to twenty, and I feel the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game. Okay. And then. Well. Or sorry, go ahead. Do you want to make your prediction first? And yeah, yeah, and then and then we'll go into analysis. Yes. Go ahead. I, Nikki, and I are also taking the Eagles. My score is 21-27 Philly. My logic in this game is a couple of things. As I said in our recaps, the only reason that we lost that game is because we came out with cement cleats. That is not happening in the home opener. I'll say it right now. Not happening. Not going to happen. Not in the home opener. Not after losing such a squeaker last week. It, it can't happen. It just it can't. Not with the team that we have. And yes, the Cowboys will put up a fight. I just, I don't see any way that Philly loses this game. I, I, I don't see it. It can't happen. I, I mean, yes, it can happen. Yes. But they can't allow it to happen is what I mean. Is kind of where I'm going with this. If Would you feel the same if Des Bryant was playing? I would feel less confident about it, but I would still feel the same. The Eagles can't lose this game. They can't. They just, they, they especially with Dallas possibly breathing down uh, the Eagles' neck or both teams breathing down each other's necks for the entire year for the possible division crown, they just, they again, this is coming from an Eagles fan perspective. So that's why I'm saying they can't allow this to happen. On your side, it'd be the same thing with the Cowboys. You know, somebody has to take... This first game is crucial. Well, that's what... So I'll go into how I think the game might play out. Fair enough. I think... I think the Eagles will score on whatever... On their opening possession whenever they get the ball. Right. I think they'll score quick and early. Um, to take a lead. Uh, Dallas is going to try to figure out what's working with their offensive pieces, trying to keep up on defense. Um, 
I see the game being about 17, maybe 7 around halftime. Um, I think Romo is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think he makes it close. I think he maybe ties the game up. Maybe he makes it 17, 17, 20, 20 late in the game. Uh, maybe they get a DeMarco Murray fumble in the third quarter, you know, try to cap, you know, tie things up. But then I think, uh, I think Murray gets some revenge in the fourth quarter. The, they drive down the field. Murray punches it into the end zone. And then, uh, the Cowboys just don't have, they, Romo doesn't have another tying drive in them this week. And I think the, the Eagles take it around, yeah, 27-20. Now, in not picking your guys, how, how does that make you feel against an arch rival? Well, I, I thought the game would be very difficult with all the pieces, all our top players, having some of the better players out. It makes a little, makes a little more sense. It makes it a little easier to, under, to see the Eagles winning. Um, I'm more interested, I guess, and the, and the rematch with all our with all our pieces together than I am for this one. I think honestly, I think a lot of pressure is on Philly. If Philly loses to Dallas this week without all their big pieces, I, I don't know. And you start 0 and 2 in the NFC East. The Cowboys are up 2 and 0 with two NFC East division wins. Um, people are going to start questioning all these moves Chip Kelly made in the off season. You're going to have everyone jumping off the cliff in Philadelphia. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of pressure me, on me, j- me jumping, Me jumping off the uh, Highway 14 bridge. Me texting you constantly that we beat you without fucking anybody. So you better hope that your Eagles win, man. God, dude, I, if we lose, I'm going to take my phone. I'm going to take like a giant Tupperware container, and I'm just going to fill it with water. And I'm just and I'm just gonna destroy my cell phone. Um, I'm gonna make another just prediction. I think that Ryan Matthews and Darren McFadden are the lead leading rushers and amount of yards for each team during this week, though. Did you say Ryan Matthews and not Murray? Ryan Matthews and Darren McFadden will be the okay. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think that. Um, Matthews will come in at spottingly and break off a, lar- a larger run than Murray. Murray will do a lot of the pounding and getting all the dirty yards, and Matthews will pop a couple of big ones off. Right. Now, here's a question before I go into my final thoughts here. Here's a question that I've thought about for weeks. And being a Dallas Cowboys fan, I want your honest opinion. Last year when they had DeMarco Murray, they gave him – 400-plus touches. They ran him into the ground, literally. And they now are using a running back by committee. I feel like they're using a running back by committee because they don't fully trust one of the three to take the load. Am I wrong in saying that even though the Cowboys brass won't say it publicly, do they not trust them i think you're completely right okay all right i was gonna say am i off base or am i right here because obviously they're not gonna say it publicly but i was like i mean anybody with a brain can see that right i mean uh, anyways i all right you agreed with me all right i was kind of 
kind of worried you might fight me on that one, but all right. No, because you got McFadden, talented, but injury-prone. Randall, you don't know what he can do over a course of a season. Dunbar, right. you don't know about. And then whatever, Christian Michaels is uh, a mystery at this point. So they're, they are banking on the offensive line. Um, they did okay week one, but it's going to be tough without Des because you have a lot of teams having – you know, a safety shadowing on top of Des, but now they can bring someone into the box more. It's going to make it harder to run on. Right. I was going to say, yeah, now that we don't have to worry about Des, we don't have to have Maxwell or Carroll, you know, covering uh, covering Des and then having Malcolm Jenkins or Walter Thurmond shadowing him over the top. Exactly. Hey, now, So, yeah, hopefully I'm wrong about my prediction and Dallas comes away with the W, but... I uh, I don't feel like that's going to be the case this week. So enjoy, enjoy your victory and enjoy the little side bet you're going to probably beat me on. Uh, which is uh, I'm I'm blanking on that. Which is which what is, I predicted that the Cowboys would go two and zero against the Eagles this year. Ah uh, yes 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 yes. I openly admitted before the season started that we were going to split. So I I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Well, I I can understand that. Um, but yeah, it should be a good game. I'll, I, I unfortunately work during it, but I'm going to catch, catch Ooh. the end of it. Ooh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll text you throughout the entire thing, whether you have your phone on you or not. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Give me some. I'll, I'll, I'll shock you. I'll shock you with like a beginning, a second half score. I'd be like, oh, the Eagles are up 42 to 7. Nah, just kidding. And then Romo broke his back. Romo took a shot from Fletcher Cox and he and he died. So, uh, thanks for letting me be on here today, Blake. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. You're always welcome to come on the show, whether it's to fill in or whether you want to join both Nikki and I for a three-man booth, man. You're always welcome. All right, thank you, and uh, have a good rest of your show, okay? Absolutely. Right, go Cowboys. <laughs> See you later, brother. Welcome back, everybody, to Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number eight. I am your host, as always, back with you, Blake Plonsky, flying solo right now because Sea Dog had to uh, cut and run. He had some prior obligations. I appreciate him uh, taking the time out of his day to uh, come in and guest host with us again. Always love and appreciate you, Sea Dog. Uh, as I always said, uh, Nikki will be back next week. She will join me right back here. We'll be in full force, and everything will be copacetic. Now, I was thinking while Gemini Syndrome was playing, and I will skip the fantasy segment this week because I have not discussed with Nikki yet how I want to run it. Now that our previews are done, I have an idea of how I want it to go, but I have not discussed it with her. This show is as much hers as it is mine, and that's why I want to have an agreement and a 50-50 joint decision on it. So, with that being said, there is a news topic that I completely absentmindedly forgot about that I wanted to discuss. And that is Patrick Kane uh, attending training camp with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Patrick Kane said that he will be attending training camp. Uh, the team is going to let him. 
I think that that is a mistake. There is a reason that we are not touching on Patrick Kane, as I said earlier. We are not touching the Patrick Kane story because we don't know all the facts. We don't know every single bit of it. We don't know, you know, we just don't know. So I don't want to have another Justin Hunter situation where I have to come on the air here and apologize again. I don't want to have to do that. I will if I have to, but I don't want to have to. So, Patrick Kane, I feel like the best course of action for the Blackhawks is to say, stay away. If he is cleared, by all means, no harm done. But the Blackhawks have to protect their own investment and protect their franchise. The Blackhawks will last and be around a lot longer after Patrick Kane is finished. Patrick Kane is what makes that team go right now. But as I've said before, like I say about my Philadelphia Eagles, it is about the wing on the helmet, not the name on the back of the jersey. In this case, it is about the logo on the jersey, not the name on the back of the jersey. Patrick Kane makes this team go, but Patrick Kane will eventually retire and will fade off into the sunset after having what seems to be a very good career. The Blackhawks will be around longer. They have to protect their investment. I feel like they should say, Patrick, we believe you, but for media purposes, for PR purposes, stay away. Because... Even though Patrick Kane is pleading his innocence, this could be a situation where this could come back to bite them. Them letting him attend. Because the media is going to jump all over it. You know, like me, this is the reason that we're talking about it right now. We're talking about it because I have a problem with it. I have a problem. Why are the Blackhawks letting him do this without any real, you know, without anything happening here? You know what I mean? Like, the grand jury is still investigating. I think that that's plenty reason enough to say, Hey, Patrick, we believe you, but we, we just we can't. Sorry. I mean, and that's basically all I wanted to say on that, is I wanted to say that I feel like it's wrong. I think it's wrong. And I don't think that Patrick Kane should be stating right now. I'm not saying he should be suspended, because as of right now, officially, he hasn't done anything wrong. Allegedly, he has, but it's not proven. So I'm not saying suspend him. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying Blackhawks just say, hey, just stay away from our facilities. Just, we believe you. Just, we don't want a circus. And that's it. I just, I don't agree. And that's all I wanted to say, really on the topic at hand. Uh, I checked my emails. I've got none. So uh, make sure to send those emails in. Uh, BlakeGlobalDynasty at gmail.com or Nikki, N-I-C-C-I at GlobalDynasty at G... Excuse me. Nikki, N-I-C-C-I. GlobalDynasty at gmail.com. There we go. And with that, I mean, that's all we got for this week. Uh, as always... You know, uh, feel free to call in, uh, join us, 
we uh, uh, join us uh, on Skype to say your piece, criticize us, praise us, Global Dynasty STR on Skype, all lowercase. Uh, join the show, have some fun. Uh, give us a like on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Global Dynasty STR. Also, it's the same. It's basically the same thing as the Skype name. So, search for Global Dynasty STR. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, give us a like. Give us a shout out. Talk to us on the Facebook. We will always respond. Uh, and also, uh, lastly, uh, before we get out of here, uh, we have a new download method. We are now distributing through SoundCloud. SoundCloud is a is a is a great service. We love those guys. Thank you very much for uh, helping us out there. Uh, SoundCloud will be our preferred distributor. Just uh, go to SoundCloud.com, search Global Dynasty STR, should pop up right away. Uh, download the mobile app if you want to. Uh, uh, the mobile app on the iTunes Store. Or the Google Play Store, uh, whether you're running iPhone or Android, uh, download the app. Uh, should play, I mean, seamlessly, uh, so you can able to listen to it on the go, listen to it while you're at the gym, at work, uh, wherever you want to listen to us. You know, uh, listen to your two favorite uh, radio hosts. Uh, you know, we always appreciate it. As I mentioned, our last week's episode, episode 7, was our most listened to episode ever. I can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough, and I know Nikki appreciates it as much as I do. Even though she's not here, I'm going to speak for her. We appreciate it so, so much. And how this show is growing, and we just want to keep growing, and we want to, we want to get there, you know, and... And, you know, and hope maybe one day get paid to do this. That'd be awesome, you know. And But you guys are along for the ride, and we, we appreciate that. And as I said, I just want to reiterate again that we will be back next week with your Week 2 coverage of the NFL season. We will recap Week 2, cover, preview Week 3, and your fantasy, your top news, your league coverage, everything else in between. We'll be right back here on Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. One more time, I want to say that we are distributing through SoundCloud, uh, so definitely uh, check that out. Uh, as I said, uh, you can find it on the web, on your desktop, your laptop, uh, by going to SoundCloud.com. You can find it mo on your mobile, on your cell phone, by also going to SoundCloud.com, or you can do the easier thing and download the SoundCloud app uh, from the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store if you're running Android or iPhone. It does not matter. It is on both platforms. It is on all platforms. Download it. Find us by typing in Global Dynasty STR and listen to our show. Our shows will now be distributed through there uh, for the foreseeable future. And coming up in October, we will have an iTunes download set up. I am still working on that. I apologize that it's taken me this long. It, doing this show isn't as easy as it seems, everybody. I mean, some people may think that, but it's just the way it is. This show is harder than it looks, in a sense, especially with the technical side of it. But enough of my rambling. As always, like I said, I said the ending spiel. Uh, Nikki will be back next week, and that's all I've got. That's it for me.
that's all we got. So, for for Sea Dog, thanks for filling in tonight, Sea Dog. Really appreciate it. And for myself, Blake Plonsky, we will be back next week with everything that you guys love about Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. We are out. Peace!